into two parts. Uh, the book of Acts is divided in first the ministry of Simon Peter. And then the latter part of the book of Acts is the ministry of Paul, the great apostle. And uh, what a blessing it is to read how the church was blessed. And you know how they grew so fast? The Bible said they went from house to house. You can't beat that. You can't beat winning one. There's no other way, the better way than that. And uh, everybody, in fact, in the book of Acts chapter 8, it said they went everywhere preaching. But wait now. They went everywhere. But brethren, they wasn't an ordained preaching the whole crowd. I mean, they just, these folks that uh, loved God in the early church went everywhere preaching. Now, you don't have to be uh, ordained to do that. Brother, you can go to every house. You can just tell everybody about the Lord and what He's done for you. And after all, that's the best testimony you can have when they look and see what God's done for you. Of course, we ought to look like God's done for something for us. Amen. We ought to go moping in. You know, a lot of people, they come to church and they just act like, Lord, this is such a hard burden. It ought to be the greatest thrill in the world. I was glad when they said unto me, well, in the house of God, let us go together and worship Him. So it's a blessing. Now, Brother Melvin, what time do I have to stop so I can kind of gauge it? About a quarter till, all right? And we'll do that. And we've got about 45 minutes. And I praise the Lord for it. Now, I want you to turn to the book of Revelation, would you? I'm going to give you something this morning. And I, I hope it'll be a blessing. I believe it will. And uh, I always enjoy when I come to study a book in the Bible. A lot of people have come to this last book in the Bible and said, Oh, oh, oh I don't understand all of it. Well, I don't understand all of it either. But it's the only book that really gives you a picture of the past and the present and the future. Now, everybody likes to know what's going to happen tomorrow, and you don't know except you look in the Bible. Bless, wouldn't it be wonderful? I don't know where it would or not. We wouldn't want tomorrow to come if we knew what tomorrow would bring for some of us. You know, it could bring sorrow. I mean, it could bring joy. But listen, God is the only one that's way back in the past. He's in the present, and He's in the future. God's the only one that never grows old. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Buck, isn't that good? God never changes. Now, that's a blessing. And this book of the Revelation, you know God knew how to end this book up. I mean, He knew how to end the Bible. God knows how to do everything right. And there's 66 books in this Bible. And the last book, God gives you what's going to happen. Now, I'm going to tell you in just a moment to show you from the book of Revelation some things. But did you know if, it wasn't, if we didn't have the book of Revelation, we wouldn't know what's going to happen to the devil? I'm glad I know he's going to be on the chain gang. Say amen. And then he's going to be released for a little season to tempt men. But I want to tell you, I've never sung that song since God saved me. Uh, he's in the jailhouse now. But I'm going to sing that when the devil's bound. Say amen right now. Now, he's giving me a lot of trouble. He'll give you a lot of trouble. And a lot of times, he'll give it through you. See, the biggest trouble I have is not with this brother or that brother. The biggest trouble I have is with Brother Mays. Now, if we'll just be honest, the biggest trouble we have is with ourselves. And a lot of times, we blame some things on the devil, and he's not in 40 miles of it. But uh, we have it. But we find out what's going to happen. And then we find out really in the book of Revelation about how the Lord is going to receive His rightful place. When Jesus came the first time, they didn't treat Him too good. Oh, listen, we're about to, work, we're about to celebrate. I start to say worship. It ought to be. It ought to be that we worship. Christmas ought to be a worshipful time. 
But you hear people say, well, I, I want to invite you to the Christmas party. Now, they're not talking about to come to worship. They're, come, they're talking about Christmas liquor and, uh, you know, having these parties from these big offices and all that. And big, But uh, Christmas ought to be a party. By the way, before I forget it, before I get into the lesson today, uh, there are three ways the Bible tells us to celebrate Christmas. Let me give you that, because uh, three ways, and you'll find it over here uh, in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 2. You'll find the three ways to celebrate Christmas. Now, I know Jesus wasn't born probably on the 25th of December. It don't make any difference whether what uh, day he was born. I'm glad he was born. It's God. I'm glad he condescended and came down this world and was born. So let's not quibble over whether it's 20. I believe it's in October probably. That's when the shepherds stay out all night over in Jerusalem taking care of the flocks. And they were out in the field. So it could have been October, but don't make any difference. You need to know that he was born. And secondly, you need to know he's born in your heart. That's the, that's, the, that's the most important. All right? There are three things the wise men did when they came to see Jesus. That Christmas we ought to do. The first thing the Bible said... And when they saw it start, uh, they rejoiced. There ever has been a time rejoicing it ought to be when we rejoice because God so loved the world that He gave, sent His Son into the world. We ought to rejoice over this thing. And they rejoiced. The second thing they did, they fell down and worshipped Him. Boy, we ought to worship. And the third thing they did, they gave gifts. Now, I want to say this, and we'll get right over in Revelation. I believe you ought to give gifts at Christmas. I'm not against that. I hope I get a couple myself, but I'm not against that. But that's a, listen, what are we going to give to God? It's not my birthday we're celebrating, it's Jesus' birthday. So we need to realize that. But here are the three things. I hear a lot of people say, well, Bible don't say how. Yes, the Bible does say how. Are you going to worship Him? Are you going to worship Him? Boy, I tell you, we need to. Are we going to rejoice? And then are we going to give? I tell you, that's a blessing to give at Christmas time. First, let's give ourselves to the Lord. He'd rather have you than anything else. And then, let's give Him something, and then let's give one another something. And say, you know, because Jesus came, I can give you something. We love you. Isn't that a blessing? All right, Revelation, let's look in here quickly. I'm going to give you God's last message of God's last book. Let's look at the first part of Revelation, if you will, to get a start, and then we'll slip, uh, skip right over to the last chapter, and uh, I'll give you a couple of verses, and then I'm going to give you, and I hope you got your pencils. By the way, I haven't seen all of them, but Brother Bill took the best outlines. In fact, did you know that Brother Bill, our son, he took better outlines than I got in my Bible? I mean, he showed them to me. They're full. Some of them eight pages this week. He, he did a better job than I did. I ought to get him to fix my outlines. Amen. But uh, I'm going to send him a nice Bible. I'm going to be up at Fincastle, near Fincastle, Virginia, next week. And uh, they have all these uh, thousands and tens of thousands of Bibles they sell. And so I'll send him a nice Bible. And uh, But let's look here. I want you to see something. I hope you... Uh, can look at the chapter 1 and verse 1. Revelation. Now look what the Bible said. This is what this is. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what the book of Revelation is all about. The person and the plan of Jesus Christ. That's what Revelation is about. Somebody said, hey, I don't understand about them, them monsters that will come up out. The pit. And they've got bodies like horses and hair like women and teeth like lions. Well, uh, you're getting sidetracked. That's just a part of what's going to happen. But our main subject in the book of the Revelation is the revelation. What revelation means? The unveiling of Jesus Christ. 
the unveiling of the Lord. And what a blessing. Now notice of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Now, I don't have long to talk about this. Listen, John was in an awful place. Now, folks, next time you have a little persecution, please don't. don't, don't listen, God knows what you need. God knows what you God knows what I need. You see, John was exiled on the Isle of Patmos. I've been to Patmos. It's a little old island, and uh, nothing grows over there. And uh, here, old John. You know why they sent John to the Isle of Patmos? Two reasons. For the Word of God and for the testimony he had. That's, that's what the Bible said. Listen, why wouldn't you love to have to go somewhere for two reasons? you got a good testimony. And then for the Word of God. Why, I tell you, we never have been persecuted. You Chattanooga folks and me down in Atlanta, Georgia. Why, we haven't been persecuted. Lord, we've had it easy around here. Why, somebody says something, I heard of Phoenix. We'd go out, climb up Mip Tree and get out on Pout Limb. Say amen right there. And bless God, listen. Well, we need to recognize he was on the Isle of Patmos. And the Lord said, I'm going to pull back the veil and let you see Jesus. Boy, ain't that a blessing? And then listen to what the Bible said here. Listen to what the Bible said in verse 3. And then I'm going to read the latter part of Revelation. And I'm going to give you something today I hope you'll never forget. Bible said, Blessed is he that readeth. So I don't understand it. Bible said, I'm about to understand it. said, Bless God, read it. You can read it. Says, I can't read it. Somebody read it to you. That's God. Read it. The Bible don't say anything about, oh, you have to understand everything. A lot of things I don't understand, but bless God, I don't understand this book. If I did, all of it, I'd, I'd be smart as God, you see. This is divine, inspired revelation by the Lord. Every chapter, ever I like his 1611 edition. I don't like any other edition. All right, notice what the Bible said. And bless you that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. The time is at hand. Now, would you go to the last chapter? That's the introduction of it. Let's go to the last chapter. And I wanted, while you're turning to Revelation 22, I wanted to speak from Hebrews. I believe that's what you've been teaching. But I had this, and I wanted to give it to you. I'm making a study of all the books of the Bible. And uh, uh, Brother Melvin was with me Monday night, and I gave the study of the book of the Song of Solomon. That's a hard book to understand. It's got eight chapters in it. And the reason you can't understand it, I, I'm going to be honest with you, for 30-something years, I didn't understand it. But I've got three keys that opened the thing up, and then I understood it. And when you understand it, uh, it, it just unfolds. But the reason you can't understand the Song of Solomon, it's not written, it's a song, but it's not written with verse 1. Now, I mean, if Buck was going to sing the Song of Solomon, he'd go, to chapter, he'd go to stanza 5 to sing the first stanza. That's where it starts. And uh, then he'd skip over to... Uh, chapter six, and then go back to chapter two, and uh, that's why uh, that's why it's hard to understand. But Revelation is in chronological order. Brother, God put her down. You see, the first three chapters. Not I'm, I'm going to give you the outline. Not right now. Uh, they talk about uh, the revelation of the Lord and the churches. And I'll give you that scripture in a minute. But you know what? Uh, then it, it, it uh, stops with the church. There, chapter four begins. And goes to chapter 20 in Daniel's 70th week, or what we call the tribulation. And let me say this, when the tribulation enters, we'll be gone. Bless God, we'll be gone. And then, bless God, you read over in Revelation 19, and we'll be back. Amen. And with His saints, He said He's coming back. Praise God, we'll be back. That's going to be wonderful. Now, 
Here we find something. Let me give you the latter part, or the last two verses. I'll give them to you last night if you're here. And if you wasn't, well, I'll give them to you again, beloved. Look at the last two verses of this great book. I don't know what he said. Verse 20, He which testified these things said, Surely I come quickly. Brother, he said, John. John, I want you to tell him I'm coming. He's come. Now you say, well, if he hadn't come quickly. Well, a day as with the Lord is a thousand years, it said Peter. And listen, he's going to come quickly. Let me give you something. I hope this don't confuse you. But everything to the Lord's kind of in the present tense. Even Calvary is just so... Uh, it's in the present tense. Well, now you can forget Calvary. I hope you won't miss the service this morning. But you can forget Calvary. But he doesn't. It's always fresh in the heart and mind of God. And here he said, Surely I come quickly. Look, amen. Even so, John said the church says, Well, come on, Jesus. Just come on. Now, folks, a lot of songs run scripture. I'm not here to pick songs, but I never liked that song. Wait a little longer, please, Jesus. Now, I know the author meant well. Or the one that wrote, he meant well. He said, let me get my loved ones in. And if we could get them in, I'd say, praise God. Wait around till the last one. But he meant good. Like, uh, here's a good song, a good meaning to a fellow that had it. And I, I didn't know this. Now, it used to upset me terrible. Build me a cabin in the corner of glory. But let me tell you who wrote that. And it'll, it'll mean more to you. He was on the battlefield. And he thought he was going to get killed. And he, while he was out there in the trenches, he wrote that. He said, Lord, I don't want a mansion. I'm out here and said, just build me a cabin, it'll be all right. Now, that was a humble way to look at it. Now, I know there's no cabins in heaven. And I know, and a lot of times, like that new song, boy, it's good. It's not scripture, but it's good. Uh, heaven, Canaan land is just in view. Why, bless God, we're still there. But folks, don't, when somebody gets up to sing it, even if you know it, don't sit there and squint your eyes and grieve God about it. Amen. Well, if somebody gets up here and sings uh, Cabin in Glory Land this morning, I hope they don't. But if they do, I'm going to be a Christian about it. You say you don't have to grieve God and kill the Spirit because somebody, you know, and do that. And when somebody don't grieve perfectly with you, don't grieve God. Don't grieve God. Amen. I mean, don't do that. Uh, be a Christian about it. You don't have to just swallow everything. You know what my daddy used to tell me when he'd go hear preachers and, boy, he was smart. And I'd get out and he'd say, well, some preacher preached something he didn't agree with. Him, but, and I'd say, well, how'd you like that, Dad? He said, well, son, when I go to the fish house, I eat the meat and leave the bones alone. Say amen right there. Bless God. If you find a bone, put it on. You don't have to swallow it. You might get choked on it. Amen. So uh, he'd always tell me, when you go there, just eat the fish and leave the bones. That's the way it is when you come to church. I mean, you know, and, and it's easy, you know. It's easy for people to disagree. Now, when somebody's teaching in your Sunday school, you may not agree with the dear brother at all. You don't have to agree. Oh, every little thing. Now, the cardinal doctrines of the Bible, you need to agree on. You need to agree that this is the inspired Word of God. You need to agree that Jesus died and died and was raised and ascended back to the Father. And if we believe it in our heart and confess it with our mouth, we shall be saved. That's what Romans 10 said. So we believe those, but the little thing. Now notice what he said. Uh, he, uh, now, anybody Yankee here this morning? You see, John was a, was a southern. You say he wasn't. Look at that last verse in the Bible. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. <laughs> Amen. Our southern term right there. You all. See, 
That's a southern term. All right, let's bow forward to prayer and now get ready. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the week and thanksgiving. Oh, God, thank you. You just blessed this church and you blessed us. And Father, we want to thank you. Oh, God, there are a lot of times we get to the place where oh, we don't thank you like we ought to. But, oh, Lord, I want to thank you today. I want you to bless and have your way in this Sunday school. Have your way with these teachers, Lord. There's three of them. Bless these men as they teach. And I pray for the others that are teaching today. Pray for Dodd and I pray for the others. And I pray that you bless Brother Melvin and uh, Brother Buck in the choir. And, oh, God, use us for thy glory. Now, Lord, as we come this morning, we're hungry. Feed us, Jesus. And give us the truth of this great last message to man. Oh, God, I'm glad we've got this book. It'd be horrible if we didn't know how it's going to wind up. It'd be terrible if we hadn't read the last chapter. But thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I want you to take your pencil. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you four visions. Now, John had a lot of visions. and uh, But he had four that divide this book. And if you understand those four visions that John had then uh, you can understand uh, the book of Revelation. Now, I'm going to give you just a way to study Revelation today, the four visions, in just a moment. Now, let me say something about visions before... I don't believe in visions today. I don't fall out with folks that come up to me. Uh, say a person came up to me and said, Brother Mason, I had a vision. Well, I'm not going to grieve God just because I don't grieve with it. I believe all you need is the inspired Word of God and the Holy Ghost. You don't have to dream today. You don't have to have visions today. Bless God, we've got the complete canon of the Word of God. But if some good sister comes up and says to you, Bless God, I had a vision. Well, let's, you don't have to be mean about it. You, you may not agree with it, but you have to be mean about it. I remember down here when I was in Erlanger, you know, and I, the doctor said I died twice. And I told my wife, I said, I've always heard when you're dying, you'd hear singing. And there'd be somebody down to the river. And I said, I got down to the river and I didn't hear no singing. And I, I, I said, I didn't hear any singing. And I said, there was nobody down there. I said, bless God, I was going to be honest with you. She said, well, I told you all the time, you get all your reward down here. And bless God, they're not even going to send a welcome committee to see you. But uh, what a blessing it is. But here, John had four visions. I want to give them to you, and I believe it'll be first vision he had was from chapter 1. The vision of the Holy One. Now, folks, if you miss a vision of Jesus in any Sunday school class or any preaching service, you missed it all. I, mine eyes have seen Him. Oh, when a singer gets up here to sing, I don't want to see that singer. I want to see Him. When a preacher gets up here to preach, I don't want to see I want to see Him, the Lord. And whatever we do, listen, we need to see the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, John said, I, I saw a vision. And listen. This is the only picture in the Bible of Jesus. That's the only way. It shows what it looks like here. I mean, and, and I'm not going to fuss at you. If you've got one at your home, that's your business. But if you've got a picture of Jesus, uh, you know, everybody used to have a picture. That's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. You say, where did I find Jesus? Right here Revelation 1. You're going to see a picture of Jesus. You'll see a picture of Jesus. All right, let me show you about this. He saw three things when he saw a picture of Jesus. And by the way, uh, he gives, uh, the Holy Spirit seems to say here, just come up closer, I want you to see Jesus. Oh, come up closer. I want you, did you know all that we have and all we are is because of Jesus? Every blessing you've ever had, like I said the other night, I preached on the most mistreated person in this church. Holy Spirit, you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to show you Jesus. He said, 
And when He's come, He'll testify of me, Jesus. He testify me, Jesus said. The Holy Spirit wants to show us the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that a blessing? All right, He saw three things in this vision of the Holy One. First, He saw the Son of Man. Now, let me give you something about this real quickly. He is walking in the midst of the seven churches here. He saw the Son of Man. And let me say, when a church roots Jesus out, that church is in trouble. I don't care who it is. If a church pushes him out, and by the way, at the close of the church age, he's out. Yeah, he's out. Behold, I stand the door knock. He's out. Now, I don't care if it's this church or the church I'm going to be in next week or the next week in South Carolina or the next week. Listen, if you, if, if you push Jesus out, if you push Jesus out of your singing, you're in trouble. If you push, push Jesus out of your teaching, you're in trouble. If you push Jesus out of your preaching, you're in trouble. We need to see the Lord. And so the first thing he saw, Son of Man, walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Now, I'd like to talk about Son of Man, but don't have time, so I'm going to give it to you. The second thing he saw, the Shekinah glory. Not only see the Son of Man here, he saw the Shekinah glory of God. Folks, let me tell you something. I thank God that all glory belongs unto Him. He saw one shining, outshining the sun. He saw... The, let, let me give you this. If I, if I don't get, any, get all out, it won't too out. Jesus laid aside His glory when He came to earth. He didn't lay aside His deity. He laid aside His glory. But listen to me. I'm telling you, when He comes the next time, He's coming in power and great glory. The world has never seen His glory. I've got a little taste of it once in a while. I like that glory myself. Some people say, I don't like that shout. Bless God, I like it. Somebody says, I don't like that glory. Boy, I like that glory. I'm, I'm with the glory crowd. Amen. I'm with the glory crowd. And in the Old Testament, when God manifests Himself in the Shekinah glory, boy, they stood back and marveled at Him. And here John sees the Son of Man. He sees the Shekinah glory. Then he sees the third thing. He sees the Sovereign One. Oh, the Sovereign One. All-powerful one. Unequal one. Folks, you don't know how much power he's got. You, you listen, every knee will bow one of these days to Jesus. Oh, listen, that old man out there today, when you, or where you work, let me give you an illustration. You said, hey, I'd like you to come to church. You said, you said ah, I don't believe in that stuff up there, all that racket and all that. And anyway, so, oh, you won't, I won't get your money. Oh, they want to get up there and preach you to death or sing you to death. I ain't got time for that. And they, they, they make out like that Jesus is still pushed around. Brother, listen. John said, I saw him, the sovereign one. Now, that don't mean that uh, he, you, he elected you. When you meet that word sovereign, somebody said, oh, Brother Mace, I was elected to go to heaven or hell. No, you was elected to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you believe, you'll be saved. You don't bless God, you'll be damned. That's what the book teaches. That's left up to you, whatever you do. But I'll tell you when that election does really take place. After you are saved, you are predestinated, listen what the book says, to be conformed in the image of His dear Son, Romans 8. Now, you're going to be like Jesus. You may have to go to the hospital a lot of times. Somebody asked me, he said, well, how come you have to go to the hospital uh, here? I said, He's getting me ready. Amen. Amen. That wasn't no accident. Bless God, there are no accidents with God's children. The steps of a good man are ordered to the Lord. I've heard preachers get up, and they mean well. And they say, here's a young preacher. He met with an accident. No, he didn't. Either one or two things happened to that young preacher in that call. Either he finished his work, or God cut him off, or let the devil cut him off by destroying his flesh that his soul might be saved. Now, you put that down. Ain't no accidents with God's children. 
And John said, I saw the Holy One, the Son of Man, walking in the midst of the churches. And remember, He's always in the midst. He better be in the midst of your home. He better be in the midst of my home. He better be in the midst of your life. He better be in the midst of my life. Oh, he saw, he saw the, he saw the kind of glory, and then he saw the sovereign one. Now, let's come to the second vision. The second vision uh, is a vision of his church. Now, folks, listen. There's nothing like his church. The greatest thing in Chattanooga, bless God, is not the buildings downtown. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church. Boy, let me say this, and I've got to hurry. I wouldn't want to live in Chattanooga if they wasn't some old-fashioned churches. I don't know about you folks. I know churches are not perfect. And I heard a fellow say one time, I'm going to find a perfect church. I said, don't join it. It'll be imperfect when you get in. But I want to tell you this. we got a perfect Savior. Bless God. Ahead of it's perfect. You won't find anything wrong with Jesus. Praise God. I'm glad He's perfect. Oh, and He has the church. It's His church. He said, upon this rock, I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The first vision is of the Holy One. Second is His church. Now, it's His church. Uh, Matthew 16, verse 18, if you want to put that. Now, there are three things that He teaches in chapters 22, I mean chapters 2 and chapter 3 to the churches. First of all, He gives practical truth. He said unto each church, said, well, there's something wrong. Did you know, let me show you something. To all the churches, He said, I know your works. Now, folks, you don't hide from God. Jesus, you're not hiding from God, then. He said, I know your works. Here's something else. He rewarded all those worth rewarding. And here's something else. Five times, the five churches, he said, repent. Last thing he said to the church was, repent. He said, repent. The old saying, repent. 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 But I want to give you the three things that he said to the church. First, he gave practical truth. He told them, he told them over at Left of First Love, said, go back where you left it. Let me tell you something. If you don't love Jesus as much as you used to, you left that first love. You say, where would they leave it? You know where you left it. I don't. Say, I don't know. I don't know your life. I'm not up here to probe in your life. But I want to tell you something. If you left that first love, it didn't say lost. I've heard a lot of Bible teachers say, you lost it. No, you left this first love. The church at Ephesus left, and he gave practical truth. He said, three R's. He said, remember... Repent and then repeat. You know what some of you folks need to do here in this church? And you need to repeat that. Boy, that, you need to repeat it. That love, you need to repeat. Listen, if you have love one for another, Jesus said you'll have a little badge on. Have a little badge. He said, by that, all men will know you're my disciples. That love is the only thing, brother, that shows. Love, it's the only thing. And a lot of people put badges, I'm a Baptist, I'm this. But you don't have to put it on. You have love and it'll show forth. I mean, it'll be one brother and see. All right, he gave practical truth to the church. Second, he gave personal truth. Anytime God gives to a people a great truth, he'll give it to you personally. And uh, he said, if any man, you know, with you, he's talking about you and he's talking about me. I better ask me one time, he said, you know, uh, that over there is to the Jews. I said, it may be, but bless God, if it's good blessing to them, it'd be a blessing to me. Amen. God will bless you. I know. That we're living in different times, but God will bless you. Now watch it. Well, it's in personal truth, practical truth, but you'll find prophetic truth. He said uh, in that fourth chapter, verse 1, Come up hither. He said, I'm going to tell you where the church is going. Now you know where the church is going. It's not going down. Bless God, she's headed this way. Up. Up. The church is going up. And what a blessing. The prophetic truth of the church. 
And so the first is the vision of the Holy One, the vision of His church, and then the third vision, and this just takes up from chapter chapter 6, uh, or chapter 4 and 5 is the first vision of this one, and then chapter 6 through 20 is the second vision. I hope I have time to get into these a little more, but look at the first uh, vision uh, here of chapter 4 and 5. It's the vision of heaven's hallelujah. Now, boy, you talk about a thrill. I mean, hallelujah. Somebody said, I don't like hallelujah. You know what the word hallelujah means? All the praise belongs to Him. And if you go anywhere today in the world, they know what that word hallelujah is. But if you go in Chattanooga, a lot of Baptists don't know what it is. Say amen. You know, listen, and I'm not criticizing any church. I think you want to want to. But if you said hallelujah in some church this morning, they'd lead you out. I mean, if somebody said hallelujah, they'd lead you out. And that's a shame, you know that. I don't know what they're going to do when they get to heaven. They're going to be miserable. Brother, they're going to be miserable. They're going to be miserable. Now, the first is in chapter 4 and 5. It's heaven's hallelujah. And the second part of this third vision is earth's horrors. This world has never seen its horrors. Oh, listen. Heaven's going to have hallelujahs fall down here on earth. They're going to have, oh, they're going to have horrors. I mean, I mean horrors like they never had. You know, and it's a funny thing in these last days. Uh, if you watch television, you ought to watch much of the junk. But if you watch it, they get to this after death, stealing bodies, demon worship, and horrors. You know, more they'll come. You're going to see a lot of so horror stuff. Horror films, they call them. Horror this. Well, boy, you wait. This world's headed for the worst horror she's ever had. And by the way, I want you to pray about something. And this church helps me. And if we get enough money, if you didn't get the, the record that uh, we published on the rapture, if you didn't get that, you get it. You get it. Oh, it's been used. But I'm, we're going to make one, and it's going to take a lot of money, on the man that missed the rapture. And what he'll go through with in these horrors on earth. After, Boy, listen, I'm telling you, you just don't realize it, what he's going to go through with. And I'm going to make it. It'll take about 25 in the cast, and it'll take uh, several thousand dollars. And then, if God blesses it, we'll make it into a film. We'll show the rapture and that old bird left behind and what he does. Folks, listen, that's going to be bad. And i got a few in my family. And the one thing that burdens me, if the rapture comes today, they'll be left behind. Well, i got some ready. i got some, bless God, we'll be caught up together. Amen. We'll leave out together. Chapter 4 and chapter 5 is part of the third vision that John had, and it's a, a vision of heaven's hallelujahs. Now, here's what he saw. He saw a throne. Throne. A throne. Now, folks, listen to me. That's where Jesus belongs. All hail the power of Jesus' name. On a throne. Now, if you go to a Catholic church, you know where you'll find Jesus. I'm going to tell you where you find him. You go to the Holy Land with us. By the way, I hope you go next. About a year to get ready. That's Next October. You've got a year, but if you go in any Catholic church, or any one Catholic church, you'll find Jesus in the Catholic church in either of two places. you find him in a major church, a little baby, or on a cross. John didn't see him in either place. Oh, Praise God, John didn't see him as a baby, and John didn't see him as a crucifix, but he said, high and lifted up on the throne. Glory to God. That's where Jesus is. He's on the throne. The second thing in heaven's hallelujah, he saw a throng. The greatest number of people that's ever been numbered. Bible said in heaven, on earth, under there, said even the fowl of, of the air and the fish of the sea, they're all going to praise Him. 
Remember when I preached the other night on worthy is the Lamb? Was you here when I preached on worthy every creature, everything is going to... You talk about a throng of people. Now, you know, if you go down here and arrest her, you holler glory a couple of times, you'll be about the only one doing any praising. For some of you ashamed of Amen. There won't be many people praising Him. They'll be talking about everything but that. And they'll get embarrassed if you say anything about hallelujah, praise the Lord. But they can get up, holler, hoop around, and ain't nobody thinking about it. Why, they can have a parade downtown with a certain group of men. They can put on all kind of funny costumes. And they go, you couldn't get to church to go out and do that. You can get a bunch of going out on a parade at a football game, and they'll get out there and they'll just hoop and holler and go pump wild. But you can't get to church. Listen. To do anything like that for Jesus. Bless God, we ought to march down through there. Shouts aloud down on Main Street. A rabbit wouldn't run through that country for six months. Say amen. Listen, he saw a throne. He saw a throng. And then he saw a thrill that thrilled him. I'm going to show you something. Uh, that wasn't no bell ringing, was it? Was it a bell? Yeah, it was. Let it ring that bell. Well, listen, I want to give you this. He saw a thrill. Now watch this. You know what he did? Over in the fifth chapter, John said, I look for one to break that seal. Open that book and break him seal. And, and, and that book, by the way, has got the title leads of the earth. Amen. Listen, this the Chattanooga don't belong to the devil. He's got the thing. But it don't belong to it. It belongs to Jesus. Listen, and the devil's got the lease on it, but his lease is running out. Say amen right there. Praise God. It's running out. And the Lord is going to come. Oh, that's going to be a blessing. I tell you, but I want you to see something. John's up there. And he saw one on the And he had a book right, book is right here. And he said, oh, I couldn't find anybody could break the seals and open up that book. And here's what John did. John started weeping. And he said, I wept. And one of the elders got up over and put his arm around him and said, don't weep. Nobody's weeping up here. Praise God. Nobody cries up in heaven. You don't have to cry up here. And he said, don't cry up here. Weep not. And then John said he saw one like the root of David, the offspring of David, the line of the tribe of Judah. Who hath prevailed to do what? To break the seals and open the book and take it out of his hand. And boy, it's a thrill. Oh, I couldn't break the seals, but Jesus can. I, he's got the power. He's got the authority. He can do that. All right? Let me come quickly uh, to this second part of the uh, the third vision. Not only is it a vision of heaven's hallelujahs, and you can read these things later, but chapter 6 through chapter 20 gives you earth's horrors. And it's divided in the three B's. Now listen. It's divided in the breaking of the seven seals. It's divided into the blowing of the seven trumpets. And the blood of the seven vials. Now, let me give you this quickly. The, uh, the breaking of the seven seals will have to do with sinful man's reign on earth. Man's always wanted to root God out. Man's always wanting to run it like he's running. And let me give you this. If man ever gets anything in his hands, he ruins it. He got the air in his hands and polluted it. You tell, listen, he got the water up here in Chattanooga in his hands, and you have to put all kind of disinfectants in there to drink water now. You see, everything man gets control of, he ruins it. He ruins it. And everything. But you know, he's going to have a time. And the first part of the tribulation, man is going to take charge. Boy, we're going to have war and pest and bloodshed. Read the sixth chapter and talks about it. Now, the Antichrist will come out, but he'll not do much. Just make a lot of promises. You know, he's going to make a lot of promises. Of course, a lot of people like that. They, they like politicians who make a lot of promises. They don't keep many promises, but they make a lot. 
Amen. Make a lot. And he's going to be the best politician ever was. He's going to come out and make a lot of promises and tell them, well, it's going to be good. But it is going to be good under him, but just for a little while. Now, the first part is the breaking of the seven seals, and it's the rule of man, of sinful man on the earth. Then the second part is the uh, time when the, uh, the second part of it's the blowing of the seven trumpets, and it's the world rule by Satan. The devil has always, he'll be the Antichrist. Oh, they're going to get, they're going to give us a man. Give us a ruler. Give us somebody to take care of us. No Antichrist come up, boy. They'll bow down and worship him as God. And he'll have a, you know, a false prophet in there. And the image, you know, uh, the robot man. You know, it scares me when I think about it. Boy, we've got robots even now. And that's what they're getting, getting this crowd ready after the rapture of the church. Did you know what we got down in Atlanta? I didn't know it till the day. I was preaching at my son's church and fellow uh, vice president of the uh, Trust Bank of Georgia. And he's sitting on the front row and he said, Maze, we got something up to main office. I wish you'd come up there, make your deposits. I said, why? He said, I'd give you a number. You take a little card and come up there and stick it in the window and that card will say, good morning, Mr. Jackson. I said, really? He said, I said, what if you come in the afternoon? He said, try it. He'll say, good afternoon, Mr. Jackson. And he'll talk to you. Somebody said, that's right there in Atlanta. I never thought we'd have. Brother, this thing's getting the visa. You know what? Getting us ready. Or getting them ready. Because I ain't going to be around here. Yes, God, I'll tell you. I ain't going to be. Old Khrushchev, he can sit over here that time. He beat his shoe on the table. Up part the UN said, we'll bury you. He said, I'm going back and make me a man. He said, I'm going back and make me a man. Make him talk. Make him speak. Make him walk around. I said, I'm going to put hair on his head. You know what I started to write him? I said, you hypocrite, why don't you put some hair on your own head? Say amen right there. Say amen. Oh, I can't do it, you see. Here it is. And the second part will be when Satan rules. But the third part is going to end up when the blood of the vials fall, the rescue by the Son. He's coming back. If you want to read that, it's in that 19th chapter. This is going to be rescued. And you know what to do? Satan's going to marshal his forces and go up against Jerusalem. And I want to tell you something. This afternoon, I'm going to preach about when uh, Russia, uh, Ezekiel 38 and about verse 5 through 12, tells you the northern parts. And you know something? I've always preached this. I said Afghanistan will go for Russia. Iran will go for Russia. I want to tell you something. They're all going, because she's going to get that Persian gun. And brother, she's coming down. Don't you miss that thing at 3 o'clock. I'm preaching on the shot heard around the world. I, and, and listen, oh, listen, I don't have time to give you, but listen, the thing's going to wind up when the sun comes back and rescues. And then the fourth vision he had is in chapter 22, or 21, 22, and it's of the holy city. Now, he takes two whole chapters to tell us where we're going to live forever. Bless God, I like that. I know where I'll be a million years from now. Somebody said, you don't, let's, I do. I don't know where I'll be next week, but I know where I'll be a million years from now. I'll be in a holy city. And he saw three things about that holy city. I don't have time to give you. Well, let me just give it to you, and then you can take it down if we don't have time to elaborate. He saw a new creation. Now, the first creation, or the, it means paradise, was lost by the first Adam. It was lost. Did you know the second will be made all things new? It'll be a paradise of a new creation. And it was regained by the last Adam. Praise God. Here's something I never realized for a while. The first Adam lost it in the garden. But the second Adam, did you know there where the crucified Jesus is a garden? He regained it all in a garden. Praise God. And I'm going to a garden, a beautiful garden of roses, where the roses never fade. 
and praise God where we'll live with God forever. Now, he not only saw a new creation, but he saw a new capital. And the new Jerusalem coming down is going to be the capital. Amen. And I couldn't understand this. The Bible said it would be 1,500 miles high. You know why? Because we, we're going to explore space. And it'll go right up there. I, you know, if I'd have preached this the years ago, they said, you're crazy. Won't be no satellites out there. There'll not be any you know, platforms out there. Yes, there's going to be a capital out there. And the Bible said it'd be 1,500 miles high. When I used to read Revelation, it said it'd be 1,500 miles this way. 15, I used to worry, why in the world's going to be 1,500 miles high? I thought, my. But I know now, as God will, just go out there and enjoy the blessings of God. Then last, There'll be a new city. Not only a new creation, a new capital will be a new city. You know what that city's going to look like? The Bible tells you what that city's going to look like. You know the prettiest time a woman ever is in her life? Let me tell you. You ladies, listen. Prettiest time you is that night or that day you get ready for that wedding. And it's uh, Danny's boy. Listen, he like to swallow this. Yeah. You know why? The Bible said that new city will be like a bride prepared for her husband. I mean, the prettiest thing you've ever laid eyes on will be that. Father, I thank you for these moments we've had. Lord, bless these places. Bless our hearts together. Bless in the worship service now. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you.